He's a wizard. Okay, first of all. Um. <laughs> Did you know this prior to fucking him? Okay. Because then that's on you. Clearly, I'll explain. He's really into like crystals and astrology and magic. And he's a mason and like all the stuff, right? We were laying in bed post-coitus one day and we were having a conversation about past life regressions. And he was like, you know, in a former life, I was a dark wizard. And I was like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, clearly. And then I said, well, you know, in a past life, um, I discovered that I was in service of ISIS. My gift was sacred sexuality. We just like have that perfect combination of like sensuality and like slight kinkiness. Mm. But but he also sucks. <laughs> if only he could just like wizard up some fucking empathy, right? Wizard up some fucking. You either wave your wand and boop care about someone else's feelings. Uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the sexy sages, the bitchin' witches, the hotter potters, and all the keepers of the magic wand. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Welcome, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, I got a jam-packed episode for you this week. We got comedian Rachel Green returning to talk about a very frustrating sexual partner of hers who can make her come but can't make her feel cared for at all. I'm also going to talk a bit about fuckboy energy and banging in the park. But before we get to Rachel, I'm bringing back porn star Siri Dahl to talk about the new Netflix documentary, Money Shot. I'm sure you've seen it trending around recently. Uh, so I'm very excited to bring it to amazing guests in just a little bit. The naked comedy shows over the weekend were killer. Uh, sold out. Sold out both shows. Crazy. This is the first time we did two shows in one night, so I, I couldn't believe that. Like, okay, yeah, we could sell out. We could sell out one show a month, but we can't do it twice. We did it twice. We packed that goddamn orgy basement for much funnier purposes. And it was so freaking cool to watch the comics go on stage and take like a really big risk and do something totally new. We even had some naked audience members. During a 10 o'clock show, uh, one, one audience member, she agreed to come up on stage, take her clothes off, and tell a joke in exchange for a, a new free vibrator. Now that, that was its own whole experience. So, you know, we're having a blast uh, doing some naked comedy. And I hope you'll be there for the next one. I want you to save the date because tickets will be on sale soon. April 21st in Bushwick, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock shows. Make sure you're following me on my social media or you're on my mailing list uh, so you don't miss that. I'm also doing some uh, some clothes stand-up in the city. You can check the show notes for any show dates. But you know that the most important dates you want to be circling on your calendar this year are August 3rd to August 6th because that is when Man Whore Con returns. Man Whore Con Part 4. Whoreheads will descend upon New York City, and we're going to have a, a one hell of a fucking weekend. I don't have any other details other than the dates, and that it's going to be awesome. But in the coming weeks, I will be disclosing more and more. Who knows? Maybe we'll even do a naked comedy show during that, too. Now, there's a new documentary out on Netflix called Money Shot, the Pornhub story. 
And every time there's some sort of like porn docu-series or porn movie, you know, the porn industry gets real skeptical and sometimes really worried because, damn, they don't get that shit right very often. Y'all remember Hot Girls Wanted? That was a clusterfuck. So I've got on one of the main characters in the movie, porn star Siri Dahl. If you don't recognize Siri from jerking it to her nudes, you might remember her from her man whore podcast episode way back at number 358, which I highly recommend checking out. Siri did porn for a long while, then retired from porn. And when I had her on the pod a couple years back, she was discussing her decision to return to the porn industry. So let's go check in with Siri Doll about Pornhub. All right, so I am here with Siri Doll, past guest of the pod. Uh, how are you doing, Siri? Very well. Got my smoothie. I imagine it's been a weekend uh, now that the, the doc has come out. Yeah, it's been a very um, action-packed weekend. So this documentary came out. It's called uh, Money Shot, the Pornhub story. It's out on Netflix now. It's been blowing up. It's trending. It's been all over the internet. Uh, You're in this a lot. Like, not even just as the interview stuff. Like, when they're scrolling through sample porn, it's a lot of, like, like a big Siri fan is the person scrolling. Yeah, it does. It does read that way in the film, which is pretty great. I was talking to the director about it, and she said that it was kind of when they interviewed uh, Gwen Adora was the first person they interviewed, and then I was the second one that they interviewed. And they already knew they were going to interview a bunch of other people, but I think it sounded to me like she realized that Gwen and I have similar vibes, and that they liked like kind of pairing our footage like back to back with each other and like letting us play off each other, which is very funny because. They essentially did like a matchmaking because Gwen mm-hmm. and I hadn't met in person until after we filmed our interviews. And now we're like besties because of this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, the documentary does seem to be bringing porn people together. I feel like I what I've been seeing before I got to check out the flick this morning was the consensus was a uh, you can watch this in good conscience. Like this won't be another hot girls wanted. Yes, very much so. Um, which I think we were all afraid of. And that was, of course, when I was asked to participate in it, that was my initial thought or fear was like, hmm, a Netflix documentary. Is this going to be like a, another Hot Girls Wanted situation? I actually said that at one point to Suzanne, the director, and she was like, absolutely not. <laughs> she knew exactly what I meant by that. And she was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> but the That's feedback gonna... from... Oh my god, my AirPod fell out. That is one of the things I enjoy about you because, like, I do know that, like, off camera, you are a goofball. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, because you've met me. Like, you you know, your ween's been in my mouth. You know the vibe. You were saying uh, when when Suzanne approached you, 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 uh, she's like, absolutely not. She knew why you were concerned about that. And she assured me that. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be truthful. This is not a project that is meant to paint the adult industry in uh, in a poor light. Uh, there's no agenda there. It doesn't go very easy on Pornhub or MonGeek at all. Like I think there are really valid criticisms of that company, but I really do appreciate the fact that she understands. She saw through the issue of like you know Exodus Cry and their trafficking hub campaign and the way it's attacking the porn industry and. The only people who really suffer from all those criticisms are we, the performers. She saw all of that. And I I just really appreciate the way that 
she allowed performers to have really the, the biggest voice in the movie. I hoped that it would get regular people, people who are not in the adult industry, right? Like, and people who haven't already been captured by the anti-porn narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that it would enlighten, you know, your your average Netflix viewer a bit as far as what's actually going on in the porn industry. And especially to highlight the incredible difference between a situation that is sex trafficking and, and just a consensual uh, performer making their own content or working for a studio in a safe environment. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, Netflix is going to attract a lot of mainstream people, people who don't read up on sex mm-hmm. work related issues or, or the porn industry. You know, they all watch porn, but they may not read like a, they may not read y'all's mouthy opinions in between sessions. Right. And so, yeah. uh, but those are the same people who might have read that New York times op-ed. Right. And so yes. maybe this could have served as this like follow-up, a clarificatory follow-up to that. Like, did you read this? You should watch this so you can better contextualize that first thing. Yes, it does feel that way. And I think for a lot of people, it does seem to be doing that at least somewhat effectively. I mean, I know that I've had friends who are, not as you know not performers themselves um not firsthand involved in the industry but definitely like allies to sex workers who have you know texted me after they watched it and been like i got i was a little confused at times like because it is like and and i do think that that's also like a valid feeling for anyone who doesn't already know about these issues to have after you watch it because there's so much information packed into like 94 minutes it's kind of insane i myself have watched it 8 times because I got an early screener copy in February and watched it immediately and then proceeded to watch it several more times at home. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like I went to the premiere here in L.A. and then I hosted a watch party with a bunch of friends in the industry. Uh, so I've seen it so many times. And every time I've, like, noticed a new thing. So I've actually been telling my own friends, like, hey, watch it twice. There will be more that you'll glean from it as you watch it again. Yeah. I will do a rewatch. I do feel like I was watching in the beginning, especially in the beginning. There's so much of scrolling through different porn tube sites that I was like, I think some guys are going to rewatch this, but for different reasons than you want them to. It's like <laughs> there's a there's a lot of porn in this porn documentary, which apparently some of the like Netflix people when they got like one of the early like drafts, I guess, of the finished edit said something about like there's a dick in this, like there is a hard boner in this. They were talking about the scene where it shows me doing dick ratings. I just think it's very funny because Suzanne said that she had to tell them, like, you asked me to make a documentary about porn. Do you think there's not yeah. going to be any dicks in it? <laughs> they also were very purposeful. The, all Any of the nudity you actually see or sex you actually see is, like, of them shooting, like, a screen that's mm-hmm. playing porn. So when they're shooting you shooting a scene, you don't actually – they show you getting fucked, but, like, you don't see any – of the things Netflix would worry about. So it was almost like very purposeful. We're not going to show mm-hmm. new, we're not going to shoot nudity, but we will shoot screens that have nudity on them. I thought it was interesting. You can, you do see one nipple in, in the, in the threesome scene that I'm in. That, again, I have to watch a second time. I got to rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and they did cover that the New York times op-ed that sent everyone into a firestorm at the end of 2020, they spent a good amount of time talking about that piece. And you, you were interviewed for that article Mm-hmm. You know, you told people, you know, they flashed the thing on the screen, but you know, I remember you told people to read the piece mm-hmm. that a lot of 
a lot of performers were really upset about. Mm-hmm. Why were you telling people to read it? I was, there's a couple reasons. So one, I knew that I had been interviewed for it and I knew that like, I was a little bit hoodwinked by Nick Kristoff, which I think is made pretty clear by me in the documentary. But I also understood that this was going to be like a huge fucking news piece and everyone is going to read it. Everyone that's not in the, like so many people that aren't in the industry are going to read it. So I was basically like, this is a, not an easy thing to read, but everyone needs to read it. I don't know that anyone in our industry predicted the, how swift and strong that backlash against Pornhub would be based on that. Um, Within a week, they changed policies. Yes. Yeah, it was it was it was immediate. like that. And how do you feel about those policy changes that they did? Uh, to, for those who don't know, yeah, you know, they took down all the vi- mil- like maybe nine, ten million videos that weren't verified, uh, mm-hmm. and then they instituted a strict like you can't post anything without mm-hmm. being verified, uh, and mm-hmm. then some other policy changes as well, no downloads. So, how mm-hmm. did you feel about, despite the piece itself, the outcome of it? Well, it was frustrating, you know, it's it's just like uh, pretty much all of us uh, performers in the documentary say like this is uh, mandatory verification on for Pornhub users and like no more anonymous uploads like that's stuff that the adult industry was actually asking for for years and years. And we would get uh, sort of roundabout responses from Pornhub like, oh, you know, we're working on that. But like, it's pretty clear that how much really were they working on it? Like, it was an idea in the air, like because they weren't proactive about these things that everyone asks for that are pretty common sense, then they get caught with very poor moderation and have to literally disable all of the videos on Pornhub pretty much. Like everything that was uploaded by a not verified account was immediately disabled in like one day. And then they had to do a process of manually reviewing all of those like millions and millions of videos. I One thing that isn't made super clear in the documentary, if you're someone who isn't in the industry or isn't like a Pornhub verified user that I kind of wish was made more clear, but it's like, it's a, it's a documentary that's narrated by the voices of the people who are being interviewed. So like they might just not have had like a proper soundbite to address this, but when they're interviewing Danny Pinter, the counsel for Encozy, and she's describing like Pornhub, ta- like, you know, the the backlash and what Pornhub did. It is kind of left almost in a vague way. Like it kind of sounds like they disabled millions and millions of videos that were unverified. And it kind of leaves a gap of information for a viewer who doesn't know any better to assume that like all of the videos that were immediately disabled were like CSAM. Mm. <laughs> that's like, that's like one little criticism I have. And it's, yeah. So I kind of wish like little details like that were better explained. You know, so it seems like, you know, Suzanne did a good job with the doc overall. It seems like people are happy. So like how important are the motivations of a writer or a documentarian or an organization, you know, when they want to cover the adult industry? You know, what makes Suzanne so different from Nick Kristoff, different from the folks who did Hot Girls Wanted? I mean, I think the biggest thing that makes the difference is the willingness to listen and to actually believe what sex workers are saying. I had a like a 20, 30 minute phone call with Nick Kristoff and I told him about my feelings about Pornhub, the site, about like how I use Pornhub, about my feelings of, of the anti-porn agenda being Trojan horse within this anti-trafficking concern. 
And I told Nick Kristoff all of that. I even told him the specific circumstances of my sexual assault that happened to me when I was 19. Mm. Like I gave him the specific circumstances because what, what I rarely tell people, but I did share with Nick Kristoff is like, when I was 19, I was raped by a coworker and he, he drugged me and he took photos of me when I was unconscious. And it, I did try to press charges and the Tarrant County district attorney in Texas basically told me I should drop the case because there's no way I'd win it because uh, his defense could argue too easily that I consented. But I'm, I'm naked and unconscious in the photos. <laughs> it's just crazy that I told Nick Kristoff about that and still ultimately like he quotes me just agreeing with like the things that he said. And then I also went into detail telling Nick Kristoff about how that would impact me my career, my finances on a personal level, if this website were to go away or lose their ability to accept payments. So technically he did quote unquote, listen to me, but did he really hear me? No, because he no. had no intention of ever portraying sex workers in a positive or fair light in that article that he wrote. It was such a fucking hit piece. And also it gets referred to still today as a New York Times article like it was in a piece of investigative reporting and it was, no, it was a an fucking opinion it was an op-ed all along it's just nick kristoff <laughs> jerking himself off about what a great neolib he is like <laughs> well i'm just i you know i'm sorry i'm sorry not only that that happened i'm sorry that you opened up to nick with that and and then that you know he turned around and did that i've been yeah i it's something that i'm comfortable talking about now because i think it's a valid part of my story to share like when people talk about the idea of like, oh, this, all this exploitation as though, like, I'm like, no, I know what exploitation feels like. Like, I've experienced it. And, by Nick Krosnoff at the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, my job is not exploitation. My job is, is a fucking career choice that I made for the first time 10 years ago. And even made the choice to not do it for a little bit and then made the choice again to do it again because I love it that much that I missed it and wanted to come back. I don't know why that's so hard for well, some people to understand though. Siri, is there anything else you'd want to tell somebody before they go into watching Money Shot on Netflix? Pay attention. Don't um this 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 documentary really has so much packed into 90 minutes and I know like I do it like everyone else, you know, I'll put something on that I want to watch and like kind of like think of some random shit I wanted to look at on my phone and I'll end up like putting a toilet paper in my cart on Amazon. I don't like some dumb shit. That doesn't matter. So I just ask for people who are going to watch this, like give it your full attention. It's only 94 minutes. Mm -hmm. There's not just details that you wouldn't want to miss out on, but there's the storytelling style of the documentary, since it doesn't have like a voiceover narrator is a combination of voices of interviewees and a lot of on screen, like, information uh there's a lot of yeah. images it, they're telling the story as it the documentary is put together in a way to make you feel like you're on a computer like like following the breadcrumbs trail you know so it's so visual and involved give it your full attention for 94 minutes and if if you feel like there's something that didn't make sense or that you missed um watch it again seriously i know that sounds a little insane like who watches a documentary twice Having watched it far more than twice, I can say it's actually more and more fun and interesting every time. Nick Kristoff has a fucking bronze bust of Bobby Kennedy above his desk that stares at him. And Wait, at what? first, 
Yeah, there's what? a there's a fucking it's a it's a it's a journalism award. Like there's a, a Robert Kennedy journalism award that Nick Kristoff apparently won because he's got the bust on his desk. But it what made me laugh really hard is like on my first watch through, I thought that it was a bust of himself. <laughs> I had to pause and rewind. I was like, does like Nick Kristoff have a have a sculpture of his own head? <laughs> <laughs> like he might he might he it, that's in a different room. That's in a different yeah. room in this place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Put the phone in another room. Plug it in the charge. This is a good movie. Watch it while your phone charges in another room. All right. Yeah. And, then, and then give it your full attention. Uh, and Siri's great in it. And she's in it a lot. I was so happy to see. Uh, Siri, where can people go to find you, follow you, uh, check out your work? Um, I'm on most socials, including Instagram and Twitter, at the Siri Doll. And then if you want to like see my other websites and all my other links, the easiest thing is to just go to either my Insta or Twitter and click my bio link because everything is in there. I'm on OnlyFans, just Siri Doll on there. Uh, and SiriDoll.com is also a site that I have. It kind of just forwards to other sites, but yep. Fantastic. Well, yeah, definitely go check that stuff out. And uh, Siri, uh, great to chat with you again. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. After you watch Money Shot once, twice, three times, come share your thoughts in the Champagne Room, our sex-positive Discord server. We've already got some commentary going on in our uh, TV and movies channel. It's called Pictures in Motion. We'd love to have you there and know what you thought. Join the conversations today at manwhorepod.com slash discord, or just click the link in the show notes. And uh, thanks again to my one-time porn co-star, Siri Dahl. You can catch me making her job more flaccid in Team BJ2 if you can find a copy somewhere. Definitely go follow her on the places. Before I get to my main guest this week, Rachel Green, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment, okay? I appreciate these moments for these fan whores because these are the people who support the Man Whore Podcast with their dollars on Patreon. That's why I want to say a big thank you or maybe a big gracias to Owen Hernandez from Mexico. What's up, man? Welcome to the Champagne Room. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you. Always fun to know that Fan Horror Nation knows no borders. If that dude from the Isle of Man is still listening, hey. But thanks again, Owen. And uh, thanks for being such a fun new active member in the Discord. You too can become a member and support the show at patreon.com slash Podcast, or download the Patreon app and find me on there. And through the end of this month, I'm, I'm still offering seven-day free trials to the Patreon experience, just in case you're on the fence. And now for Rachel Green. Rachel is a very funny stand-up comedian and actor and musician and podcaster and slut and overall boss babe. Now, she did do an episode of the show back on number 246, around the end of 2018. And, you know, may, many of you may have skipped it in the middle because it just becomes unlistenable. I recorded with Rachel on a Tuesday night. This show comes out on Wednesday mornings. I go up to her old neighborhood. We do the thing. When I get home, I discover that my, uh, my XLR cables picked up some rogue AM frequency. You could like hear somebody else's like radio shows softly in the background, like the entire conversation. It was enraging. Uh, what my, what my, my highest, Patreon supporter canceled his pledge because of the audio quality of this one episode, but I had to put it out because I didn't have anything else lined up and I was not going to miss a Wednesday. So don't go looking for it now. I'm taking it down now that Rachel has returned because I'm just, 
I, I re-listened to it recently and I'm embarrassed. But hey, no issues with this recording. I mean, no audio issues, though there is a pool player in Queens who's frustrating the fuck out of her. Let's go talk to Rachel Green and see what that's about. I was supposed to. Well, I still do have a sex date today, but he proposed that he wanted to squeeze it in before I was recording this podcast episode. And in my head that, well, this is a lesson for me because I should follow my intuition. Anytime Mm. I don't follow my intuition, things go awry. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened today because anytime this man sort of semi-professionally plays pool, and um, not pocket pool, like actual pool. Semi-professionally? I, you know, he's competitive. I don't know what the fuck. Okay. And because... Is he a hustler? I don't know. I don't know. He plays teams. Is he on like the ESPN Ocho? Is that... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because all we do is fuck. We don't really even date. Um, and uh, I've learned that's fine. I've learned to accept that. Um, so it's, it's low stakes. It's really like literally all we need to do is make a plan, show up at that time and have great sex and then go about our lives. And did that happen today? No, it did not. Because I said, (laughs) he said, I have a, a pool match at 12. And I said, okay, approximately what time will you be done? He said 3.34. This was scheduled, by the way, everyone for seven. Yes. A lot of time in between. Right. So you figure maybe it takes him half an hour to 45 minutes to get back. That gives us about two to two and a half hours for a nice session. Fine. In my head, I'm thinking, you know, every time he plays pool and tries to hang out with you, his timing is not reliable. But he said, I'll keep you posted. I said, okay. Now, mind you, I thought to myself... I should have just made it for after we record the pod, right? Mm. That's just common sense. And then that way, if the session runs longer, it's fine. There's nothing else to do after. I mean, if the session ran longer here, I would have been, I'd be like, look, I can just very quietly set up while y'all finish. (laughs) That's true. It wouldn't be the first time I'd seen you get railed. (laughs) This is also true. Um, (laughs) Yes, uh, this would not be out of a window. Um, uh, Waving at me. yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we're referring to is uh, a party at Hacienda where I thought it would be fun to get fucked out of a window and wave at my friends, like yeah. Billy, out of the window. And yeah. it was a good time. I, that's um, how I knew she was at the party. <laughs> Just her tits like flapping in the breeze. <laughs> Smile. Boing, boing, Hi, Billy. Boing. Hi, Billy. What's up, Rage? Yes, I love those kinds of friendships. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this motherfucker. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, look, I, I he said, I'll keep you posted. And at 510, I was like, hey. And he's like, hi. I'm like, uh, so you were going to keep me posted? And he was like, oh, I just got home. He's like, I'm actually very, I'm kind of angry and very annoyed. And I was like. Uh, I scratched the white ball on an eight ball. Right, and I, like, like, um, and I was like, me too. And he was like, what? Wait, why? Why are you angry? You know, because he's in his own little fucking world. Yeah. And I'm you like, didn't lose a nine ball tournament. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. What? I mean, I don't know why he was mad. I'm just trying to get whatever very limited billiards references I have. Oh, I know. It's wonderful. I actually like it. It's much better than him. Um, and yeah. So I thought I, we were going to snooker, but, you know, I have to... <laughs> snooker i'm so sorry uh, i'm too tired to snooker 
That's so funny. I did a I did a musical called The Man of No Importance and and they it sounds used, like him. And they used the <laughs> they use the word snooker. But they say it with an Irish accent. Oh. With a snooker. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, I've you know, you said you were gonna keep me posted. Like I would have appreciated a text around three thirty four when you said just to let me know you're running late. And he's mm. like, Oh, I, I apologize. I try not to look at my phone when playing and by then I was already pretty angry. And I'm like, fuck off. You're, you're, that, that's, this reads like you're one of your guesses about him. Oh, that he's on the spectrum? Could be. I think he is. And I'm like... Because there's no awareness. That could just be like, he doesn't understand you might have feelings. Most people that are on the spectrum know that they're on the spectrum. So they typically talk about it. And then it kind of helps you understand mm. how they operate. And, There's a lot and, of people who like are on a spectrum who don't know it because yes. they just think they're weird. Like I, yes. I just got told I was weird and socially awkward. Right. I think he doesn't know. Right. And I think I know. But I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and also, how weird is that for like a woman that you're fucking to be like, by the way, I think you're on the spectrum. That's how like, I found out. All right. Well, <laughs> stay tuned, folks. I guess it's going to go down tonight. He just like is just like his thing is like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm not a good communicator and I'm working on it. And I'm like, are you? Are you? Mm-hmm. Also, you're right. It's not just the communication. It's the lack of awareness that there's like an impact on other people involved. And that that impact has any value. Because right there, he's like, oh, by then I was already pretty angry. So like, well, whatever your feelings are, they're not more important than the fact that like, I'm angry that like I called a stripe and I hit a solid another one. Right. Or like, <laughs> or clearly something happened with his teammates yeah. and like the match was like not supposed to go that long. But yeah. like, honestly, I don't care. We like, put our we put our quarter down on the side and someone cut us in line. Clearly the quarter always means we're next. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? I have no idea. So instead I'm gonna get fucked after this. So yeah, that's that, good. You're still gonna fuck him. I'm still gonna fuck him. And do you wanna tell people why? Cause literally he's the only person since Porno Jim to make me come the way that he does. And I hate that. But it's just what it is. He gives such good head that I don't know if I'm coming for 15 minutes or if I'm having 15 consecutive orgasms. It's insane. Yeah. Like Rain Man, but. Yeah. Pussy Rain Man. (laughs) Pussy Rain Man. (laughs) That was the thing. He was just like, he doesn't do this, doesn't do this. I was like, then how does he like not know how to do any of that, but he can get you off? Because he only has to focus on the one thing, <laughs> right? Just... That's like the definition of like an autistic person is they're really good at one fucking thing. Cue oh <laughs> <laughs> the emails be like, excuse you, I'm good at 17 things. Exactly. No, I mean, I, I feel like a fucking asshole saying that. But I mean, that's the comedy of it. It's like, wow, maybe that's why he's so good in bed because he only has to concentrate on that one thing. But here's, okay, he's... He's a wizard, okay, first of all. Um. <laughs> Did you notice prior to fucking him? Okay. Because then that's on you. Clearly, I'll explain. Um, well, maybe not currently a wizard, right? So he's... Re- <laughs> or he's a retired re- wizard. Uh, well, past life, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, 
So, uh, yeah, he's really into like crystals and astrology and magic. And he's a mason and like all the stuff, right? So I was jokingly, you know, I think we all do this. Like you have nicknames for your lovers when you're talking about them with your friends, right? So I had already been calling him the wizard. And then we were laying in bed post-coitus one day and we were having a conversation about past life regressions. And he was like, you know, in a former life, I was a dark wizard. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know that checks. Yeah. I, I mean, clearly. And then I said, well, you know, in a past life, um, I discovered that I was in service of ISIS, not the terrorist organization, the, you know, the goddess. Yeah. I've seen and- Moon Knight. <laughs> nice. I know who ISIS is now. And uh, my gift was sacred sexuality. Mm. And he was like, yeah, that checks. That checks. So, yeah. So now we have this like very intense physical chemistry we just like have that perfect combination of like sensuality and like slight kinkiness mm-hmm. even the sex is really hot like he's just i don't know we just what, what is he tangibly doing that's so spectacular um the chemistry it, it's okay. just, that's that there's nothing that necessarily like this isn't like he watched the right youtube video and he learned a trick no that's that's more porno jim but um (laughs) (laughs) no this guy well okay so first of all we have stupid chemistry so it's like just being in each other's presence there's already kind of like a a, a kinetic sort of um but then you know i i've come to realize like like rough sex i actually don't like it as much as I thought that I did. Mm. Um, or maybe like a little bit, but like I actually really like a long sort of like sensual, like, I don't know. Like a full R&B album. Yes. Yes. Like you want to get all the way through. Yes. <laughs> like he'll like break out the coconut oil and he's like massaging me and like, He's like slightly dominant, but it's more of like a like a like a service top kind of dom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you know. He's just running things, and he knows how. He's like he's making the executive decisions. Yeah, it's just it's hot. Yeah. It's fucking hot, and like I don't know, it, just the way the way he fingers me, the way he fucks me, and it'll be like slow, and then it's fast, and then it's just like you know, there's a lot of eye contact, and it's like you know. But but he also sucks. <laughs> if only he could just like wizard up some fucking empathy, right? Wizard up some fucking. You know, wave your wand and boop. Care about someone else's feelings. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. But this is why he's not someone who's a candidate for dating me. This is why he's just allowed to fuck me. Mm, yeah. Okay. At one point, I thought we were gonna date. Because I love metaphysical shit, too. But, you know, you know, even when that's the thing as, as well. Right. Like, I love a witty banter. Right. He can't give me that. And I also like just banter in general. Like, I want to feel like there's an exchange of information. Right. So we'll talk about interesting things. But then it occurred to me one day, I don't think he gives a shit about what I'm saying or like what I think on the subject. He just wants to share his thoughts. Does he does he ask you questions? No. Oh, so then maybe like all men are autistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This is a common complaint. I've been on so many dates recently (laughs) where it's like, I'm starting to write a joke about it. I'm like, you know, I have this problem. I ask really thoughtful questions Mm -hmm. and then I listen 
and then I get a 45 minute response and it's a problem. You know, like I asked this guy recently and he was the one, okay, so this guy's 58, right? Okay. Wait, the wizard is 58? No, no, no. The but wizard, how old is the wizard? The wizard's like 41. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, in my range. Sure. Um, and no, but there was that guy that like saw me at the naked show that I met on field. Okay. I think I texted you about it. I, th- I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was super excited to meet him because he was giving me the witty banter to start, right? I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm like, hey, do you want to like move to like real text or real phone call? He's like, sure, I'd love that. And then I said, by the way, my name is Rachel. And he goes, and then I guess he made the connection. He was like, were you naked in a basement in Bushwick last month? And I was like, well, yes, I was. And in which context? <laughs> <laughs> like I was naked in that basement last week for a play party and then I was naked in that basement last night for comedy. Just like which thing yes. did you see me? Yes, at? exactly. So yeah, so he he and I were I was excited because I was like, Oh, this is amazing. He's already seen me naked, he's already seen my comedy, and he's still here to play. Fabulous. There's so yeah. much I don't have to explain. This is awesome. Um, and then we met up, and of course I asked him. I was like, so how'd you like sort of get into the poly lifestyle? And then I got a 45 minute fucking answer. I heard about how he moved from Germany, how he met his ex-wife who was like a born again Christian, how like, and I heard about every single lover. I heard about all his children. I heard about so many things. And I was like, you know, and we were exchanging, and then, but after forty five minutes, I was like, "So the exchanging is all around his story. Exactly. Like even when you get the pop, it it's still to be like a t- you're tagging something or you're asking a clarifying question, but it's still his this story. Yeah. And then what? And then I was like, "So, do you want to know anything about me?" And he was like, "Uh, uh, uh yeah, yeah, everything." <laughs> He knows he got called out. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's not the first time that that's happened and it's been something that I've been doing and I don't I don't know if it's a service or a disservice, but it it sort of like weeds people out really quickly, you know, depending how they handle that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, is the problem the 45 minute answer or is the problem that there's no after his 45 minute answer an invitation with a question for you to then do a a, a TED talk? For sure. Yes, the latter. You know, it's like maybe like halfway through that, he goes, Oh my gosh, you know what? This is not the answer you were looking for. How did you get into the, you know what I mean? Like, and then switch it up. And then it, and then it becomes an exchange rather Mm -hmm. than your TED talk and I listen. Yeah. 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 There hasn't been a lot of second dates recently. I, my, no, it's okay. I mean, um, I think, uh, I've just become more discerning and, um, I actually want to enjoy your company um, if we're going to have sex. Um, I'm just like a little, um, I'm still super slutty, but like I'm more discerning with who I slut with. Mm -hmm. You know, if the context is a sex party, that's one thing, Right. right? Like, you know, in that moment, we have a nice connection. We have a little drink by the hot tub, whatever. We chat a little bit. We flirt. Like it's clear there's a connection. Boom. No problem. But it's like, you know, let's go on a date. And it's like, if I'm not really like feeling the mental connection, yeah, I don't want to. Hmm. Not really. Yeah. I'm not going to let you fuck me out a window. No. 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 Mm-mm. no. 
Was and, go- or a balcony, you know. Or a balcony. <laughs> yes, she, she does have a very nice balcony yeah. over the bay. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you, is going, you know, I saw you at that party, but was that an anomaly or are you like going to parties again? I haven't been to a party since. Okay. And so. that was October of, I think, 21. It was right before Omicron. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against going. Um, I would go back, you know, maybe. I, I don't know. I, uh, to be honest, that party in mm. particular, I just, it felt very young. And mm. I was just kind of like, I don't want to fuck someone that feels like my child. Um, or they could be my child. And I'm not even that old, but mm. it's like an energy thing. Sure. Um, I do think it, I mean, I think, I think it just depends on the night and who shows up. I got a, yes. I got feedback from someone I hooked up with at Saturday's party. And one of her complaints was like, yeah, but like it was her first time at Hacienda and she thought like, well, it's like, it wasn't very kinky. I was, I was expecting more kink. That, that's, I think there's normally more kink scenes going on. It just happened to be a night where the population that showed up, what? Like normally there's always someone getting tied up. There's always some sort of a, yeah. kink, like a paddle scene, but just that particular night there wasn't i mean the party that we went to that night was awesome Mm -hmm. and it was right after i had had a huge heartbreak disappointment you know with a prospective lover that i literally flew to portland for Mm -hmm. right i think i had shared that with you and so i was actually tapping more into my dominant side that night which i don't normally do so you know i got to like you know electrocute someone in a cage and I got to like, you know, uh, fist my friend up to here. I'm showing my elbow. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, I should get the tattoo now. Um, <laughs> and then I got fucked out the window yeah. while having a threesome. So it was a good night. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was also that girl who was like, oh, my God, are you Rachel Green? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, how's Jack? And I was like, she's good. And she was like, oh, I've always thought about doing comedy. I should do your show. What, like I run an open mic? Like like you should do my show if I fucking let you? Like, yeah. do you not know how this works? Like, it was so weird. Wait, did she, but did you know her? No. Where she, did she know you from? She used to come to the Venus Flytrap or she followed Jack on Instagram. Is, is, is it not jarring for someone to come up to you in orgy and just say your name? Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. it. It suddenly took the fucking out of the window and made it like invasive. Like yeah. it, it went from being really fun to like, ugh. it's one thing if I talk about it, but like, you know, she was literally like an internet fan. And, and like the problem that Jack often had was that like, you know, she had, you know, she's got a huge Instagram following and people would talk to her and think about her and regard her like they knew her, like yeah. they were friends. And I mean, I don't have that kind of fandom that she has but in whatever fandom i have it's it can be similar where it's we're like, talking about jack the stripper just yes, so if anyone sorry yeah. yeah jack the stripper is yeah. my former comedy partner yeah. and it's like you know she's a human like she has a life and like you know just if she doesn't share one thing or you haven't heard from her in a while doesn't mean you know she's not living life and she's trying to like cope with reality like the rest yeah. of us you know so how was your shows this past weekend oh last night it was so good oh yeah that was last night yeah last night we sold out packed house yeah. two shows everyone had a good time well you, so you did the naked comedy show in january i did i enjoyed it you, we were, had a, you were the closer thank you i was the closer people people had a good time I, you know it is it, it was very cute to watch it's it's really cute to watch all the different ways that people 
decide to perform on a naked show, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I hosted a couple at Club Coming, so I was familiar with it. And for me, I don't know, I guess maybe because like I'm not just a comedian. I'm, you know, I I'm an actor. I've done musicals and also I just like like to dress up and feel hot, right? So when I do it, I'll wear like a pair of heels and I'll come out in a sexy robe and then I'll gently let the robe drop, you know? And I I look at the audience and I go, "You're welcome." You know, and like that was an immediate laugh. And it was so cute to just watch everybody else like just be so awkward and like barefoot and like you know yeah it's interesting because like you are comfortable being naked in front of a group of people yes most of the comics are not are not a lot of them when i ask them like you know we're we're talking about doing it a lot of them will say i decided to do it as a step like to help with like body things or to like as a confidence or to do something different right so there are putting you know jacob williams did it last night which was a dude when i saw him on friday night at qed he was like super nervous and i was like it's gonna be okay but was he nervous or was he just jacob williams i know (laughs) i know no he was like it was both it was it was jacob on high um he was just like oh rach i don't know uh uh and i was like dude it's gonna be cool the audience is like so supportive because they realize that like comedy in itself is vulnerable and then being naked on top of that is double vulnerable so i feel like they're they're really there for you like and they're like woo you know so <laughs> but he did okay he did great yeah i'm sure he did he did. I, I forgot the light of i forgot the start timing him so he was on stage like there was a point where i could tell i think he's wondering why he's on stage so long and it's like because he has been on stage that long because i forgot. Uh, yeah i mean he did great I, i'm sure everyone did great i'm sure he did great I, I was a little disappointed that i didn't get to see some of that lineup naked mm, myself anyone in particular I'm curious what Drex looks like naked. You know? I don't think you have to stay curious. I think you can just ask. Oh, I know that. I but I don't want to do that. This is I'm easily just, solved. Yeah, I mean, he he took me on a date once. It's fine. Okay. Did y'all hook up? No, no, no. He's a little young for me. Um, was the date was like the date good? He's a little young for me. Okay. <laughs> is there anything particular that that means? I mean, this was when he was like first starting doing comedy and he was just, I love that kid so much and he's a good friend of mine, but he, he's gotten better, but he used to have such clear fuckboy energy mm-hmm. that's an, an immediate turn off for me. And it's like, I just, I don't know. I just, it, it, I was immediately not attracted and like, you know, I just, I like a little gravitas. What is fuckboy energy? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it's just, it's a little thirsty. Um, and you literally know through the community that he's trying to fuck every single female comedian. Mm. And like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it, it makes you feel less special, Mm. you know? And you kind of feel like, I mean, really what defines fuckboy energy is that you don't know if what they're saying is genuine or if they're just saying it to fuck you. Mm. You know, it's like they're almost too complimentary. So it, it, it can feel disingenuous. And now that I've gotten to know him and we're friends and and, and I, I've realized like that is just like part of his vibe is like he just. He's smooth. 
He, like yeah. I was backstage, be like, this, I don't know. I I felt a smoothness off of. Um, I mean, when I, we were like backstage, and like I said, I think yeah. his his fuckboyness has morphed. I think he's grown into it now. It's a bit more smooth, and I mean, who knows? I mean, when you say like thirst, uh, just like enjoy, like, is there something like tangible? Like, if someone heard this, who is maybe someone who has fuckboy energy and comes off thirsty. Like what is there like an example you can say of what that sounds like aside from like the over compliments? Like I think I hear that and I think someone like is trying to sneak sex into the conversation a little too much, for example. Like they're always trying to maybe bring it away to be like <laughs> like a, either a sex joke or trying to make a suggestion to like yeah. almost as if they want to keep the vibe. Like, don't forget, this is hopefully gonna be sex. Yeah, it's a little bit of that as well. Um, you know, just like talking a lot about your appearance but then i think he was like very complimentary about like the career stuff too and again like it's not bad it was just like it was a lot he was like laying it on thick Mm. and it was like yeah it it was hard to tell i mean he's nice i don't want to talk shit about him you don't have to talk shit but he is doing the show on wednesday (laughs) wait there's another show no, no, he's doing the podcast on Wednesday. Oh, so he's going to hear this in preparation for... <laughs> this drops on Wednesday, and then we're recording Wednesday night. Oh, good. Okay. I yeah. already knew... Love this. you, Drax. <laughs> What's up, Drax? It's all good. I, I've heard I've heard. there's maybe been some growth and change, and... The reason I say he was, like, young, because there was also a thing where, like, he wanted to take me to a dispensary afterwards. Before This was before weed was legal, you right. know? Like, so this was, like... Right. This might have been, like, three or four years ago. Right. Um, we're just gonna take you to like his like favorite guy on the corner no there was that spot that was like in the 30s where they would have like weed shows and stuff okay they would have like comedy sometimes anyway he really wanted to bring me there and i was like okay cool and i was like you know we got to get cash because like this is illegal and he was like no 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 you could like use venmo or like your credit card and i was like babe no like you can't they don't want it to be traceable and lo and behold it was like i don't know let's say 35th between like 9th and 10th so it's like once you're over there you're over there there's no atms mm-hmm. um and lo and behold we get out there and they're like yep cash only and i was like i gotta go <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> but then you said y'all became so friends like so but you don't we're like, cool yeah but like you don't ever talk uh you know about that it's, i mean I it's not like we necessarily hang oh. out but we'll see okay. each other at shows okay. oh you meant like friendly okay i thought maybe y'all like then got like tight and maybe they're okay no gotcha, no no. Gotcha, we'll see gotcha. each other at shows and it's all love it's yeah. all good i might do him and Aton's show um i did That's their it. show in the park during during the pandemic oh, in yeah Oh my God! Was it, they did what Central Park was, or it was Central right? Park, yeah. and you know me. Yeah. Um, I planned a date before the show, and it was right around Halloween, so I was dressed in like a cheetah cat suit, you know, and um, it was this British guy, and we had some nice chemistry. We had some drinks, and we fucked in Central Park. Stop. <laughs> Before the show? At right the show? Be- before the show. Where? With the sun fucking out still? It was setting, I guess. And it was like the some of the worst sex I've ever had. 
Public sex is not supposed to be no, like pleasurable like, sex. It's supposed to be like a novelty. No, true, 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 true. But, but like, like, is that the, if that's the first time you guy somebody, was, you want to like know they're proficient if you were actually in a bed. Yeah, <laughs> this guy, you know, the talk at, at the bar was very suave and he had, you know, the British accent and whatever. And he was given all the witty banter and all the things. And, and then we went and it was just... Uh, he, I'm not a size queen, but he was not very big at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was pretty small. And then he came in like a minute and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But that short stamina possibly prevented y'all from being arrested. So that's true. Silver And I did have the like, you know, (laughs) I got to go to a comedy show and be like, hey what's up y'all i just fucked <laughs> in the woods <laughs> dressed like this <laughs> have you fucked in central park before no oh. no other parks yes okay which uh long island uh when i was when i was a young club kid there was a there was a club called cpi's canoe place in i don't know it was a cheesy place where you would like do ecstasy and fist bump and like you know whatever wear your little slutty dress and it was like in the hampton base like Mm -hmm. on the way to like you know she she hamptons and i met this hot guy like hot like whoa like very hot like how how hot can you do that Like, Moments look, like that, I wish I did a video podcast. <laughs> seriously, that would have been the takeaway. <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm not. Look, I'm not. I have literally had sex with so many different body types. I'm not. That's not what makes me attracted to someone. However, this dude was like a dancer and a personal trainer. So his body was just sick. I was like, whoa, he's like a robot, you know. Um, and he was like light skinned black with like green eyes. Like he was, whoa. He was a very fine specimen of man. Um, and yeah, I think I had like, it was one of those nights. It was like in college. So I was just, I didn't give a fuck. I like pulled an all nighter. You know, I would go to my friend's house. We'd drink some Red Bull. And then I think at like eight in the morning, he was like, yo, what's up? You gave me your number. And I was like, ah, okay. Um, so I drove out to Ronkonkoma. We met up at this park. And the sun was coming up and, you know, we went on top of this, like, you know, what do they call it? Like a jungle gym kind of thing. Okay. And, um, you know, I think I pulled out a fleece from my car and we laid it down and we start hooking up and then like children start coming to play in the park. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> so we stopped, obviously. We, you know, we, we stopped immediately. Luckily, we hadn't gotten naked. We were just sure. kind of like making out at that point. So we then become more classy and go to the Ronkonkoma train station. <laughs> so, so if the sex is bad, one of you can escape real quick. <laughs> Jump on the train. <laughs> well, this way we're only going to get caught by adults, not by children. And, <laughs> and it was like one of those days. It was summer. So it was like easily 100 degrees outside so now we're like fucking like rabbits in the back of my little subaru two-door and it's so hot we have to like open the windows open the doors it is just we are slipping and sliding it is just yeah it was hot (laughs) what goes into the decision of like whether or not you're gonna do public sex like in a park like that 
or, I, or if I, got I don't actually get off on like, oh my god, are we to, are we gonna get caught? Yeah. It's like I'd rather not get caught, <laughs> right? But like uh, you know what? So like I don't know if you had to sell somebody on park sex, what is it? Because you're not actually getting the best sex. So what's what what's fun for for you? Well, okay, I guess there is the element of like danger and surprise. I guess that's there. Mm. Um, so no one's making you come in a park. No, they're not. That, you're absolutely right. right. That, that's what no I'm trying to get. No one is at. making you come. Yeah, is that the name of this episode? <laughs> no one is making you come in a park. It's not a bad one. I, I need help with titling, so that I may oh have. Oh my to, god! I may have no, to we, I think there's better suggestion. ones, but um, that, that's just hilarious. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things. Uh, you have to just like it's. I for me, it's like an in the moment phenomenon. It's mm. not something I plan, right? Typically, as current Rachel, right. Yeah. With that guy in the park, you know, after the club, we did plan that because, you know, at the time I was in college. So, I, you know, I when I wasn't yeah. at college, I lived with my parents. You but know? like, well, you know, for your, you know, your pre-commie show warm up in Central Park, you know, that's just <laughs> spur of the moment. It was a spur of the moment. I think, you know what it was? I was I, I had been stuck in the fucking house in the pandemic. I hadn't really had a lot of sex. Yeah. I had good chemistry with this guy and it was like, fuck it let's do it you know i think he said it jokingly and i was like let's do it you know don't threaten me with a good time kind of thing (laughs) you know um but like i I, you know my exhibitionism is more like let's fuck at a sex party not like let's fuck in a park you know i can maybe get you know hit up with a a strong misdemeanor Exactly. I'm good. I, I did that. I've been to jail. I don't want to be back. You've been to jail? Yeah, once. I, I, you, part of me was like, you know what? I don't ever plan on being here again. So let me see what this is like right now. A lot of people tried all sorts of things during COVID when they had an opportunity. They were like, you know what? No one's touched me in seven weeks. Please. Hey, fine. Whatever this is. I, I hanged a fucking glory hole during COVID. I told you about that just because it was like, you know what? You just read my mind. I was going to say there was a lot of glory holes. Yeah, well, that's what the the New York City Department of Health told us, glory holes. So like, I'm, They encouraged it. It was yeah. literally in the memo. Yeah. I'm a good bootlicker. My government tells me to stick my dick in a hole and I will do it. <laughs> Where was your glory hole? At my apartment. <laughs> That's amazing. Like inside or like a Yeah, I my the the apartment the apartment before the apartment I'm in now had a setup that worked where it was a duplex. So I was in a basement, but the fir- we also had a first floor, so the two roommates were upstairs. I had the whole basement and the basement had this exit where like I can go up the stairs and go out the front door, but there's also a side door where it goes into the laundry room of the building, which is not it's not used a lot. Um, and then there's a door to the outside there. So basically what I would do is, uh, and, and the, there was a, like, if you came in, there's a hallway in my <laughs> basement and then it opens up into like, what is the bedrooms, like mm. the studio space, whatever. So I could hang the curtain rod in like where that hallway opens up. So that's where the glory hole would be. And then also my, my private. So it was a sheet. It was a curtain, yeah. I would cut oh, a hole so it was like curtain. Orthodox Jews. Like <laughs> it wasn't like. Well, you know, my landlord did recommend uh, this strategy. So, wow. So, <laughs> I like how the delay on that one. You, it I was took like, you a oh wow, okay, wow. Now we're now we're making a real bad Jewish joke. Okay, we just went there. I didn't um, want to bring up any religion in my glory hole story. I'm, um, I'm Jewish. I can say it. You not so much. Um, I forgive you. But and and also I had a, I had a private half bathroom on the basement floor, so actually, and it's before the bedroom, so it's actually perfect because then I can say like, hey, you need to like wash it. Like, there's a bathroom right there for you too, 
and right, so, right, and right. so I would prop open the outside door and the little and I would and I'd leave my door unlocked to the laundry room and I yeah. give them instructions to come in. Ba ba ba, you know, suck it. Bye. I was. I had like. So, I'm gonna estimate. So, I think I had like seven glory hole visitors. So some of them were would, repeats. So what would happen? You would fuck them. They would suck your dick. They suck my dick. Yeah. Oh, fun. well, there's one girl who then we we did fuck one time. The third time she visited, we tried to fuck. So like I got a she's blowing me. And then I got eventually we had discussed potentially fucking. Uh, so I got a condom eventually and I slid under the, sh- the curtain uh, like halfway under. Right. And then she was going to ride me. But then as she starts riding me, I realize because I really wanted to maintain anonymity i'm not good with a fake thing and i didn't want to see through and like possibly be disappointed and then be like i don't this ruined the whole so so i all of a sudden notice oh my god the hole we could i could potentially so i'm trying to like (laughs) shift i'm trying to shift the curtain (laughs) over so that the hole is not center on us and in doing so i accidentally Pulled down the entire curtain rod. Uh, and it, then it, it was a KKK convention. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, it lands all over me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can't see. She's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't see you. So keep going. So just sit on it. She, well, she was already sitting on my dick. And uh, while she's riding me, I'm trying to move the curtain and I yanked the whole thing down. Oh, wow. But since I'm all covered anyway, so you know what? You might as well keep going. So we finished fucking with the entire curtain is covering my body. <laughs> she now can see my whole bedroom now, but not me. And then after I come. She Porn t- fail. <laughs> she took her, you know, took her time letting herself out. And I didn't take the curtain off until like I heard the door close down the hall. Oh, wow. And I was like, ah, I just got fucked good. Um, wow. So she visits. Do th- you get off on anonymity? Yeah, that's hot. Nice. There's something about someone like being uh, immediately approving of and attracted to my body or at least the concept of having sex with me without me having to instill personality. So I get to at least think like I'm just objectively hot for this. Hot enough that you'll fuck me sight unseen or at least without words. Because then it's like, I didn't have to be funny or witty or smart or interesting right, or kind. I just got on. to be hot. <laughs> well, because I'm already those things, I think, most of the time. I just want to feel like I, I want someone to look at me from across the street and be like, I got to fuck that guy. As opposed to what I, I think I used to think, which was people point at me and go, I could fuck that guy. Let me hear like about his politics first. Let me just make sure he's all right. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I. Um, I, I. I've made the analogy quite a bit um, that I think that that's. I mean, I'm generalizing, but you know, that's more of like the swinger mentality is like the anonymity versus kind of like a more like yeah. poly play party. But it, I don't want it to be like that, where like I meet someone and we exchange. So like I want it to be. I you want, want no exchange. I either need a connection with the person, right? Like where, you want all or nothing. I want I want to connect with you like let's have a chat and like if we click and we have some int- cool or I want like an intricate like script and like series of instructions yeah. that when I when I finish them like somebody gets to come and, and right and go. you did the thing you executed the thing I'm attached to the scene right in that so it doesn't really matter what you look like or what your personality is like because it's like I'm a, I'm into this scene mm. and we've agreed to do this scene at, or because at, if we're not going to do the scene if the if we're going to pull the curtain back. 
Now I have to be physically attracted to you and I have to have get like at least a little bit of chemistry. Do you have like a safer sex talk with them before the negotiated thing or you're just like, fuck I it? Mean, I'm yeah, used- it depends on like what we're doing. But, right, okay. you know, for example, receiving head, incredibly low risk STI. Act- for you. For me, right. Um, if she asked me questions, sure. But we were also on lockdown. It, it's a very fair question, but it just depended on what we're doing and what somebody asks and needs to know. Yeah. Some people want to know a lot of stuff. Some people don't ask any questions. I ask the questions. Yeah. I'm big on like you have to take personal responsibility. So I will ask you the things I need to ask you. And if you need to know certain things, you should ask me those certain things. You should not re- think that the certain things I want to know, this person knows I need to know them and then discloses. We all have such different standards about different things. But yeah, it just, so yeah, it, dep- it depends on what we're doing. I'll talk yeah. sexual health um, with the glory hole people. Oftentimes it's <laughs> the glory hole people. I said that, didn't I? I did. I didn't know. I didn't realize what I said till you reacted like that. And then I was like, yeah, that's, that's I just fair. pictured like a whole society <laughs> the of Oompa like. Loompas, the glory old people. Zombies like lining up for a glory Give us dick. The fun postscript of that particular glory hole visitor, right? So she did three visits and we fucked on the third. Then I invited her to do the podcast through the glory hole. Shut up. We did a whole. Have you still never seen each other? Well, the whole thing was we were going to do a. I stuck a microphone through. We did a whole conversation. It's called the glory hole episode. If you all scroll back to like. 20 late 2020 early 2021 i love this and then and then at the end after we were finished then we pulled the curtain back while recording to do like a live reaction reveal (laughs) oh my god but she did ask hey but before we like record do you think i can suck your dick one more time as a stranger wow she was really into it yeah and i was like of course you can yeah, what 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 person is gonna say no to that? I hit record like as I was getting close to coming. That's when I went. I leaned over to hit record, so that we could re- like. So when you hear that episode, you're hearing like a pre seamless transition of like. I don't know if you hear me come, but you at least hear me like at the immediately after coming, and then you're hearing. So you're hearing like a lot of deep breathing, and you're hearing me like pass a mic through. Like you're hearing the immediate transition from blowjob to podcast. That's amazing. I'm eat your heart out, Howard Stern. I'm stepping the game up. Wow, I feel so <laughs> vanilla right now. No. <laughs> um. Wow, Rach, how are you doing on time? Is your good. autistic wizard on his way over no, soon? No, I didn't give him a time. He didn't fucking give me a time. That's I didn't damn give him right. a time. You know, no, <laughs> well, you actually scheduled this. All happened very last minute. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like. I was thinking of you. I'm like, good for you. You know, like, <laughs> fuck off. I, you know. <sighs> I'm sorry to bring up such a negative. No, thing. it's fine. You know, I just need to concentrate on the orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's all I need to, or the orgasms, because there's, <sighs> it's so good. It's magic. It's really magical. Um, yeah. It's, I, up, it's up close, sleight of but hand. But now I have demons in my mossy shire, is what I like to say. So, <laughs> Well, Rachel, um, do, do you want to do... I had an idea for a bonus episode um, because when I was listening to uh, your past episode, 
you know, you were talking about how you're, you don't think you're poly anymore and like what you wanted in dating. Mm. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit more about just like, you know, how you're feeling about poly or slutted to being a purposeful slut. Oh yeah. Someone who's like a I good love sex- that. Yeah. No, I think, okay. this, I think that's great. And I, I, I like talking about it. Um, and it has become, I think a bit more distilled okay. since we last spoke. Yeah. I did sort of have this epiphany, you know. I, I, well, so it was just real brief. So that we're going to do as like a bonus. Okay, yes. Before we do. So plug myself. Yeah. Well, you know, because we don't know if he's going to show up to plug you. So you might as well do it. Uh, like, No, he's waiting on a phone call. He has no idea when he's supposed to come make me come. Patreon people, you're here. You'll hear this bonus episode uh, with Rachel tomorrow. But for now. Where can people go find you, follow you, maybe make you come? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I love that. Um, You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at the one Rachel Green. So that's the word the, then the number one, not spelled out, Rachel Green, R-A-C-H-E-L-G-R-E-E-N. And no, I am not the character played by Jennifer Aniston from Friends. Hence why I have to have that annoying handle. It's also my Venmo if you just like me and you want to give me money. Um, you know, you just want to show me a little love. Do I, it. I accept that as well. Uh, my website is rachelgreen.nyc because um, I'm a native New Yorker, you know. And what else? I also uh, I run a monthly show called The Boss Bitch Show. It's every second Thursday at the Comedy Shop. And that Please is- do not approach her as sex parties asking to get on it if you've never done comedy. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> um, and that Instagram handle is Boss Bitch Show. And uh, um, yeah, we also you have a, you have a you we also have a podcast, yeah. and we have had Billy as uh, one of our first guests. That was actually one of our most popular episodes. Oh. And that is the Boss Bitch Show podcast, which you can find on all the streaming services. And uh, we interview people who we think are boss bitches, and it can go all over the place. Uh, You were one of our favorites because you understand the balance between storytelling, information, and comedy, which in my idea is what people want to hear in an episode. You know, you get a little bit of everything. I'm so it's glad. Like a little smorgasbord. I'm so glad I could uh, I could entertain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I had a good January. So uh, look for me on upcoming episodes of Succession mm. and the other two with Molly Shannon on HBO. Hey. hey. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for uh, venting your frustrations to oh us. My God. <laughs> thanks for uh, for letting me. Thanks for being a good a good listener, unlike most of the men out there. <laughs> And for now, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Mm. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. If you just hang tight real quick, I've got some more content with Rachel for you. I'm going to play even more show. Don't touch nothing. Uh, Rachel's coming right back. I'm just going to mention a few things. Come share your thoughts on this week's episode in the Champagne Room, our super free, super fun, super hey, sex positive Discord server. Jump into the episode discussion channel and let us know what you thought at manwhorepod.com slash discord or click the link in the show notes. And if you want to share something directly with me, you got a comment, a question, a complaint, a titty picture, you can send any and all of that to manwhorepod at gmail.com. I don't know about the titty pictures. I, I, I'm trying to move that on over to OnlyFans. 
But like, if you don't care if I don't respond to your titty picture, then, you know, go for it, Mary Beth. Links to all my stuff is in the show notes. I'm not going to list out a whole bunch of things for you to pretend to remember. Just head on in the show notes, click some stuff, follow some things. I will say that, you know, if if you wanted to give me a tip, if you wanted to show some fiduciary appreciation, maybe you don't like Patreon. Maybe you don't like this whole monthly debit thing. I do have Venmo. I do have Cash App. And my handles are always in the show notes. A few dollars goes a long way for a whore in Bushwick. But speaking of Patreon, I am about to play a teaser of my bonus episode with Rachel Green that comes out tomorrow exclusively on that orange platform. What was going to be a silly little like, ooh, let's just like go through a list of all your fuck buddies who, if they could just do this differently, could be a boyfriend. It ends up becoming this tale of like that one love she had a long time ago. I sat there being like, oh, Rachel. So she shares that story with us and why that thing ended and maybe also why she hasn't found that love in the decades since. So I'm going to play a teaser of that to to close us out. And if you want to hear the whole thing, patreon.com slash you know the words. Next week, everybody, Drexton Clemens, super funny comedian and apparently one-time date of Rachel Green. I... I'm very excited to chat with this guy. He's super fucking funny. Total killer at the Naked Show. So we got Drex next week. I got Hacienda this weekend. I've been asked to MC the wet t-shirt contest. All right. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you there. Maybe you'll stay slutty. Somewhere a few months into the relationship, I'm like, I want to see what you look like when you fuck. I want to see what your ass and your balls look like when you fuck. And he was like, oh, okay. So I set it up to watch him fuck one of my close friends while I like took bong hits and masturbated. It was hot. This is in your 20s? Yeah, I was like 22. So how did you approach the friend? Like what, what oh, you, she was totally like. Yeah, but like, like, what would you just say? Yo, want to fuck my guy, or did you do you slip it into a conversation? Like, what? I don't remember. I think I was just kind of like. I mean, I think she thought he was hot anyway. He was hot, um, okay. and I think I was like, so uh, got a little proposition for you. I mean, she was already like double dildo banging like her roommate, so it was like she was clearly open for whatever. And um, we would have like liquid latex parties. We were all like, yeah yeah we were all ahead of time i'm making it my i'm making a face like this as if i'm like oh my god people do this it was like but i started going to hacienda when i was like 25 yeah so like why, why am i acting perplexed i'm yeah. like yeah no naturally yeah, it was up in boston and I all- <laughs> yeah and uh i'm acting like fake i was like I fake was- surprised <laughs> yeah i was just like hey and then as the relationship progressed uh we then were supposed to have sex with his best friend mm. Which I was very excited about because he was a fucking model and he was hot. Um, but we started going at it and he was like, cut. Yeah, so he, he vetoed that pretty quickly. So that sucked.